It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. On this episode of Big Drive Energy, we're going to discuss John Rahm's big dub, the Genesis Invitational, and what he really means to the game of golf right now and how dominant he's really been over the past four to five years. We're going to talk about Thorbjorn Olsen, recent winner on the DP World Tour. We're going to preview the Honda Classic, and we're just going to bullshit about golf and life. So, Kind of just the same as we always do week to week. And this is all brought to you by our presenting sponsor over at Pins and Aces. Pins and Aces is the official golf apparel, a partner of Big Drive Energy. And we like to keep it keep it cool with the boys over at Pins and Aces. Mitchell's rocking the hat right now. We get, you know, some people in our DMs on uh, Instagram once in a while. Like, hey, you guys want a partner? We're like, no, nah, we're strictly Pins and Aces guys. Um, and you guys can show pins and aces that you listen to this podcast by going to their website, pinsandaces.com using the promo code BDE. You're getting 15% off your all orders plus free shipping. That's pinsandaces.com. Of course, they're a family owned golf and apparel business base right here in Colorado. They've got the awesome polos. They've got sick golf bags that we're both rocking. Everybody asks us where we got those hats beer sleeves, liquor stick, the whole bit. That's pinsandaces.com, promo code B-D-E. All right, let's tee it up. Hello, friends. Welcome to this tradition unlike any... Screen mashed potatoes? That was mashed. <laughs> What's up, buddy? What's up, Wanka? It's uh, fucking cold as shit here where we are, uh, where we snow- stay right now. Snowy and cold. Uh, I didn't come into the studio today because I got the sniffles. Didn't want to put anybody at risk of also catching the sniffles. Um, and so I'm sitting in your basement cause I'm leaving for New Jersey tomorrow. Um, so I am sitting down in your basement. Um, and it is cold as fuck down here. My hands are freezing. I need to put my hands in my pockets. Um, I've got a cough drop in. I, I feel physically completely fine. Like I'm not tired. I have an appetite. I can smell blah, blah, blah. It's just my sinuses are fucked up. Um, so you can probably tell by my voice, it's a little, maybe a little raspy and a little stuffy. So I apologize in advance because I talk a lot like usual on the pod. So, uh, you're going to be hearing a lot of my annoying ass voice today. So love that for all of us and all our great listeners out there. Um, appreciate you all listening. Of course, by the way, tell a, tell a friend or a couple, uh, and, and come hang out and bullshit and talk golf with us. You know, we got, uh, we got some events coming up this coming summer here in the Denver area. Hopefully we'll have some more in, in the Phoenix area and Chicago area as we get into golf season, if you will, for some of these colder states. But uh, we've been having a blast doing this and uh, kind of just, you know, going along with the golf world. We're, you know, this time of year, we're like, we get to watch a ton of golf 
and you know the the PGA Tour is kind of in full swing. It's it's taken it's it's done with his West Coast swing now. Headed over to the Florida area, some good golf courses, and uh, like where the Honda Classic is going to be, PGA National this week. Great golf course, uh, really low scoring or rather high scoring golf course. You know, like our Valentine's Day uh, puns above par. This one's super above par if, as a golf course, but, um, yeah, it kind of sucks for us right now. We're mostly simulator guys, simulator boys, which that business has taken off. I've seen a few, uh, simulators around the Denver area. I know one that we love is one shot back. Great spot, uh, simulator with a bar. That's just top notch. It's like a, it's like a really sick man cave, um, with cocktails, like that's the vibe they give and specialty couple- cocktails, like really cool cocktails. Yeah. Not just like a, Hey, you want a vodka soda, even though that's what I generally order. Cause I'm a simpleton. Well, but- no, the one time we were in there, you ordered like fucking three gingerbread men or whatever. What were those called? Ginger snaps. Yeah. Something like that. So that's that, uh, that scenario, I'm going to go in there on Friday, um, and do some discussion. So there may be some clinics and things coming up here, hopefully over at one shot back, uh, which is a really cool bar, but the, the simulator bars are popping up everywhere. I actually found out that one of the simulators in Parker is owned by a guy that I used to go to college with. So, you know, it's kind of becoming a thing for the golf world in general to move to more of a, not all the, you know, all the time simulators. I think people get sick of those come summertime, but uh, a lot of green grass facility PGA pros are like, shit, I could just start my own business at a bar in there, like a golf course, have it inside and kind of manage everything. And it's become like a massive industry in this world. Yeah. I definitely think there will always obviously be a place for golf courses. Um, Cause that is the game of golf is uh, you know, fucking tea times from sun up till sundown. But I think a lot more pros that want the work-life balance of being able to actually have a life and also work are finding things outside of just being a, a at a green grass facility as a head pro assistant pro director of golf uh, just to get some of that work-life balance. So I think that's really cool that uh, people are branching out and the golf industry is becoming so much more than just golf courses, you know? Um, You've got all the stores and indoor simulators and uh, golf courses a lot like uh, Dobson Ranch. They're they're putting out more games on the golf course and like top tracer stuff. So the game of golf has grown just so much. And there's there's a lot of different things to do besides just being a pro at a facility, which is uh, pretty awesome. So, um, yeah, the the simulator game is pretty sick. There's even simulators now that will like tilt with your lie. Have you seen those? I know they're very, the the mats. Have you seen those? I have not. That's pretty badass. Yeah. So the mat will like tilt with your lie. They've got like three kinds of grass um, on the mat. So if you're in the rough, you move the ball to the rough area, fairway, so forth. And then there's also a putting simulator that will tilt. Like I think this is like 10 or 12 grand, but it looks fucking sick. It's like a 10, six by 10 or something like that. But it, I think it, I don't know exactly how it works, but it has lasers that will show you the direct starting line. It will like, it has all the tilts and undulation and you can tilt it however you want, like with a computer, but then it will show you exactly where you need to start. Like say a putt with two degrees of slope from left to right and things like that. So there's just so much new technology. It's, it's absolutely insane. It's just, there's never been a better time to get good at golf than right now. Cause there's so much out there for anybody that wants to get good. The only thing that does suck is there is somewhat of a, a dollar amount attached to that, but there's even places that you don't have to spend a lot to go get good. You know, I, when I was, getting much better and working on my game a lot. I was spending $10 for a a hundred ball bucket at family sports center. You know, there's, there's no real rhyme or reason or, you know, there's no right or wrong way to do it, but uh, there is some shit out there nowadays where if you've got money, you definitely have an advantage practice wise. Like even, have you seen some of these colleges practice facilities they're building? They're like 40, $50 million facilities. They're fucking unbelievable. They have 
like bunkers in indoors. They've got like a full on putting green, um, driving range, all that, all indoors. So it's uh, it's crazy, man. The amount of money going into golf and floating around golf is is not so. Yeah, well, segueing us into um, kind of the simulator talk and and what they're doing in the game of golf. Of course, uh, the Associated Press and everybody had the story yesterday. They did finally break ground on the high-tech golf TGL Golf League site down in Palm Beach Gardens, Florida. And how much do you think the <coughs> attendance levels at Palm Beach State College are going to grow with the fact that this facility, a 10-acre, 435,000-square-feet um, parcel of unused land on Palm Beach State is going to host this TGL, this golf league that Tiger and Rory have started. Like, it's the partnership includes educational and recreational initiatives that will benefit Palm Beach State students, along with offering paid internships and other st- opportunities for students in technology, hospitality, and administrative services. Pretty badass. Wow. Yeah, that is super cool. Like to get in on the ground floor of that, I'm sure it'd be really cool. Um, and I, to be honest, I've never heard of that college before. It's probably some fucking, I mean, there's a million colleges in Florida. Uh, but yeah, I mean, if you have that facility right there, um, I think that anybody that loves golf would, would you almost rather say is like a high school kid that's really into golf. Would you rather go to a, a school that offers PGM or go to a school that offers that. I mean, it's tough. I think it just kind of depends, you know, when you do the PGM school, they kind of, they, and just like all college, they make you, you know, they filter you into a pool and make you take all these nonsense classes that really don't a- apply to what your degree is in. Um, but even in the golf business, when you're in that, it, it doesn't necessarily all apply to you. Some people go the teaching route. Some people want to be directors of golf. Uh, some people want to be, you know, just head pros. Some people would rather just be tournament directors. You know, there's a whole bunch of different little filters into the golf industry that you can get at. But I think as long as you didn't want to be like die hard into teaching, I think this is a, an awesome, you know, kind of half step in between being in the golf industry. Cause the thing is, is with this, you know, obviously they just, um, they just broke ground on it, of course. So we'll get to see kind of what that looks like in the coming months, but it sounds like it, I don't know if it's going to be able to just be used by the public, but that's going to be kind of sick. It's like, it's like that really high level, like 15 Monday nights next year for two hours, you're going to have the top of the top in the golf world. Guys like, you know, obviously Rory and Tiger, since they're building this thing, but uh, John Rahm is committed. Justin Thomas, Adam Scott, Colin Morikawa, Matt Fitzpatrick, Max Homa, Billy Horschel, Justin Rose, and Xander Schauffele. So, you know, your world's best golfers minus the, you know, the, the live guys are going to be here and playing Monday night tournaments that are going to be mic'd up and all this other different stuff for, for people to really get into the game of golf. So I, I think it's not necessarily your classic green grass facility job, but also, you know, when you work at a, at a facility or a course that has a, a level of competition like this with the names that are in this, that's a, it could be a huge start for anybody's golf career. And it's going to be interesting to see kind of, you know, do they have a head pro at this place? Do they give lessons? Do they open it to the public? Or is it more uh, just for these guys to run this league and, and break ground in a way we've never seen golf? You know, the live was the same thing. Obviously, they changed up how they play 18 holes and how many times they play 18 holes for a professional event. But this uh, TGL is going to be completely different than anything we've ever seen. Yeah. I mean, and like I just said, golf courses will never go away, but I, I kind of almost take that back now where if like simulator golf really gets a backing behind it and everybody's really getting into it. Cause you can guarantee, you know, there can be an unlimited amount of simulators in this world, you know, but there is not an unlimited amount of golf courses and tee times. So I could see a route where if golf courses get that busy and I don't think it'll necessarily happen, but it's a possibility that people are just like, fuck it. I'm just going to play simulator golf. Like if, 
if there were if there's eventually an avenue for people to like qualify to play in this like tour you know that's all um based off of simulators and actually trackman um trackman is hosting some events that are simulator only that's a professional event there's a payout there's an entry fee and you submit it via simulator stats so that shit is insane and it changes obviously if you can do golf remotely then the 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 game has changed forever you know if you can like top tracers change in the game anything where you can connect with other people halfway around the world and play the exact same course and compete against each other that's going to completely change the outlook of the entire game of golf so i mean yeah that that sounds really really cool I don't know, maybe 30 years from now, we'll look back and be like, oh, I remember when we played golf on a golf course, you know, like where the fuck can get off my lawn, guys, because that's uh, that's something that obviously we grew up on. And we're I wouldn't say we're hesitant to play simulator golf. It's just more of a different game. Um, and actually, this brings me to a uh, question that Nick Scott DM me. He said he he wanted to ask about it. Um, and have me answer this on the podcast. So he, uh, do, do you have anything else before I go into this Spence? Oh no, go. Yeah, go for it. I mean, I just think I, I was wanted to just talk about simulator golf in general, as far as, a, you know, I think it's always going to be, you know, I'll wrap this up, but it's always going to be one of those things that I think now it's popping up that even in States when you can play golf, I think it's so much less time consuming and much less of a cost that golf courses are already pretty full. I think simulator golf is like here to stay, even in a place where even in mid June, when you can go outside and play golf, you know, you can't necessarily play at nine o'clock at night or have a bar right there. I think there's, it's a different, a different avenue to the game of golf where, you know, businessmen, like they can take their lunch break and go play an hour on the simulator. You can't really do that at a golf course. You can go hit range balls, but you're, you know, you're outside, you got probably sweaty, um, inside, you can just go there, pay your fee, get a tea time, if you will, and play a course for an hour. Um, you know, we will be to get off our lawn guys. And even though we're younger and kind of grew up with simulators, like we didn't grow up with them, but as we gotten really into golf, they've become like a normal thing. And now they're exploding kind of like seltzers, seltzers and simulators are like our two, you know, those two avenues of things that we didn't have as kids. And then they started becoming something and now they're huge, but I, I think there's something that's definitely here to stay for a long while just because of the flexibility of them. It still allows you to play golf, but it's not all the rigmarole of, you know, going to a golf course and and taking the two hours, getting the cart, taking or four hours, whatever it may be. Um, so I think it's it's something that's just as powerful moving forward in any state, not necessarily just cold weather. Yeah, for sure. Um, I actually just thought about this and maybe this is an invention that I, well, I don't, I, I don't have a fucking first clue how to start it, but, um, you know, like if you were playing as a foursome, but all your buddies couldn't get together, but you're all on separate simulators, do some sort of zoom where you guys could all interact while you were playing together and like show the other people shots so you could talk shit about them. And do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I love that. Well, and we're actually in the process of creating a, a golf league right now. Um, it's about to probably be launched any day now. We've got the final videos back, but where people, we're going to be able to compete on simulators throughout the entire country. Um, and so that we're in the very beginning stages of it. I think it's going to be a four-week league um, with the PHNX people and people down at Dobson Ranch who we've become great partners with. But yeah, it's uh, that would be sick if you could like, coordinated to be at the same time. And there was like a, you know, a, a lot, there is going to be a live leaderboard on this with the app. So it's kind of, we're almost there. We're, we're kind of already, you know, potentially there. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, kind of moving in that direction by the sounds of it. So speaking of um, hitting balls off of mats, Nick wanted uh, an answer as to um, here, here's his got question word for word. I can't fucking talk for some reason. Um, when I'm hitting on turf, I hit the ball like a literal pro. As soon as I move to grass, I thin everything. Is there a simple explanation, something that common, commonly translates to that being an issue? Um, so the the most glaring explanation for that is like 
you get a lot less response on a, a chunk shot off of turf than you do off of actual grass because there is that springboard effect off the turf. So even if you feel like you hit it really solid, you could your low point could be a few inches behind the ball. So that's not really as responsive. And then also the other thing too is you get such a comfortability with mats, like you know you can't chunk it. Um, so then mentally it gets in your head like, oh, I I can just go after this. I'm not worried about where my low point is. You know, I'm, I, I have no problem controlling it. And then when you get out on actual grass, you start to get concerned about, you know, the different, like if the playing conditions are really firm or if they're really soft. Mats are just so consistent that you know what you're getting every time. So then when you get out on grass, you kind of have to deal with the conditions that are in front of you. So I think that is probably the, the biggest difference. And so just make sure like your, your low point, you want to see uh, the turf move or you make contact with the turf after you hit the ball. Because if, if you're seeing uh, turf move before you hit the ball, that means your low points behind it. So even if you do feel like you strike it pretty well, that probably wouldn't be near as good of a shot off of actual grass. So Spence, do you have anything to add to that? Yeah. One trick you can kind of do on that. There's a couple different things to just test it out. You can put a T where your ball is, um, as out, far out as like, the ball. Well, like out, like, oh, behind, you're saying, like, like mark where it is, mark where your ball is. Yeah. That way you like kind of know, Oh, okay. Like this is where I put the ball on the turf. Cause it depends upon the turf. Most of the times you can see it, but sometimes I, I just have memories of good old family sports where, you know, it's pretty, pretty barren, um, barren yeah, turf. Even the mats and so, suck. Like, you know, when there's certain wear spots on the mats and balls are rolling around cause there's so little amount of turf that it's like hitting off of a granite countertop. So yeah, right, that's but, uh, but also uh, on, on top of that too, you can always put like a towel behind your ball um, and put a little towel, like just a flat towel behind where your, where your golf ball is. And then if you're hitting your towel, you're, you're kind of, you know, that you're kind of hitting behind the ball because like Nick was saying, you feel like you're hitting it good. And if you're really dialed in and can kind of see, you'll notice that, you know, obviously it's a little different with a range ball in general, but you're not getting the same distance. You're probably hitting those 80 to 90%, like a fat shot almost. Um, but it's just not near as fat looking because of the way the turf is and the way it reacts with the club. Yeah. That, that's actually a great drill, dude. I never really thought considered the towel thing. Um, but yeah, a lot of times what you'll get response wise. And like you said, if you're really dialed in, you can tell how your ball's flying. What you'll end up getting is a shot that's high on the face because your club is like digging down into the turf a little bit, but it's not so far down that you're just chunking it, but you will get contact a little bit high on the club face. And especially with an iron, you'll be able to see the response on that. Like you're going to lose a lot of spin. The ball's going to kind of knuckle and therefore it's going to drop out of the sky. It's not going to have enough spin on it to keep it in the air. So there, that is somewhat of a, a shot response that you could be like, Oh, maybe I, didn't hit that one that well, even though it looked good. So um, turf is like the, the ultimate, uh, you know, pump up ultimate confidence boost for your game, because it, it, there is a lot of times where you feel like you can't miss on turf, but that's because you subconsciously know you really can't get penalized that badly for hitting unless you hit six inches behind the ball, you know, but if you're really close, um, generally speaking turf is going to uh really like help you out with contact so just something to look out for but i like those drills you threw in there spence yeah it's just something that'll help you out and and also it mentally kind of scares you which is also a good thing when you're practicing on the course you want to be as little mentally impaired if you will as possible minus the alcohol part and we're talking the actual uh the actual game and when you're swinging it but on the, on the range, it's good to kind of mess with your mind and try to get yourself like you should be scared of hitting that towel. Um, you yeah, know, like that, that will, you'll see that and you'll be like scared of it. And so you may hit a ton thin off the jump. Um, but then when you start realizing, you know, where you should be hitting the turf and where you shouldn't be, then it, that will help your overall just general ball contact. And then it should be pretty, 
pretty um, transferable onto grass or onto a golf course. For sure. And like you said, um, I think one of the biggest differences between on the course and not on the course or on the driving range. And we see it with a lot of people, especially people that are just starting to get better and they're practicing a lot and they're on the range a lot, but they don't go out and play a lot is there has to be some sort of consequence even in practice, because when you're on the course, there's consequences for bad shots on the driving range. There's no consequence. So then you're not mentally preparing yourself. And I hate to throw you under the bus like this, Spencer, but like I watch you hit balls on the range. I'm like, this dude should be on tour. And then we obviously go out on the course and there's some days where I'm like, this guy might not break 90. So, and I'm not saying you're the only one that's victim of it because there's a million people that are victims of it. And you are a very good player. Um, trying to pump your tires a little bit here, but don't waste your time. Everybody just don't make me laugh. Um, everybody doesn't associate the range with like consequences and they, they just swing freely and they're able to go out and, and then they get on the course and they really tighten up because they realize there's consequences to bad shots. So that's the, that's the best way to simulate on course golf on the range is give yourself some sort of consequence for hitting that poor shot. Um, whether it be push-ups or fuck that. I mean, you can catch me doing push-ups any day. Um, not for at least like 10 years, but, uh, you know what I mean? Like there has to be some sort of, uh, reward or consequence for, for the golf shot you hit on the, the driving range. Yeah, exactly. And then that will help transfer it to the golf course. Um, all right. Should we talk about John Rom as much as we don't want to probably? Yeah, let's talk. Uh, let's talk about John Rom and his great win at the at the uh, Genesis Invitational. Wait, what is the. Isn't the. Tournament of Champions, the Genesis Tournament of Champions, too. No, that is the so- Sony. No, the Sony Open Tournament of Champions is Century. Se- Se- ah, Century. Okay, sorry. That, that had me fucked up for a minute. I thought it was the exact same thing. Um, but all I can say, very, very painful um, to watch our boy Max lose it. Spencer and I actually had a couple of guys in the running to win our bets. Uh, our cards actually look pretty damn good. Cameron Young was like looking to backdoor a top 10. I was like, let's fucking go. He pissed down his leg. Um, Max Homo was in contention, obviously. Uh, Colin Morikawa was Spencer's pick in contention. Kind of fell off on Sunday. Couldn't couldn't quite get it done. But I think ultimately, and you can tell me if I'm wrong, Spence, but Max did not look like he had his best stuff. And he even said that after um, in his post-round presser. He did not have his best stuff. He was, and this is what's crazy to me, like, he kept pulling it off the tee, which means your your club path is left and your club face is square to that path. So I don't know how he couldn't make an in-round adjustment, and it's easier said than done, but these guys are so high level, like, if you keep pulling it, it means your club face is too far left to your path, too square to your path. It needs to be a little bit open. So I don't know why Max couldn't really make that adjustment because he was doing everything pretty damn well other than getting off the tee. And it felt like, I mean, even Rom had the poles too. Like they were both ended up in a lot of left roughs under trees. Um, But Max really did not have his best stuff on Sunday. And he had a really emotional press conference that I'm sure everybody saw. Or if you didn't see, um, he's pretty emotional. And like, I think, like we, nobody needs to like Max any more than they already do because he's that fucking cool. But I think that even made everybody like him a little bit more. Like how how endearing he was just to be like, you know, I I didn't have my best stuff today, and I really felt like I went out and competed. Um, and in the grand scheme of things, if you'd have told us four years ago that Max Homa was the one pushing John Rom down on uh down the stretch on a Sunday, you'd be like, get the fuck out. Like you know, this isn't. This, this is some non PGA tour event bullshit. Uh, so the fact that Max Homa is now in that conversation where when he's at his best, he's just as good as John Rom. 
And John Rahm is fucking elite. Like him and Scotty Scheffler just piss me the fuck off. I hate them both. Not because I don't like them as people, just because they're so good. And they've just taken parody out of the game. Like it feels like just every week back and forth, Scotty and fucking John, Scotty and John, blah, 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 whatever. But overall, uh, obviously, besides our disappointing betting week, it's just a great tournament. Um, Justin Thomas even said on his Instagram that Riviera is the best course on tour. So, you know, the guys go uh, loving. Good God. Love going out there and playing that course. Um, Yeah, just a really fun week to watch golf. Those par threes are nasty out there. Uh, Fucking Rom basically sealed it. What was that on 15, Spence? Six. Where Uh, he almost made that ace. Well, that was when he buried Homa, but he really won the tournament with the 45 footer off the green um, on the par three before that. That was the one that like separated him for a good bit. Yeah, that was equally painful. Uh, just to watch down the stretch. And there was a few breaks that didn't go Max's way. Like when he landed that one um, in the rough, just short on that par three and it hung up there in the rough. It gets one kick four and it's pretty fucking good. Uh, that other approach shot Rom hit that landed literally in the exact perfect spot. Um, Cause the pin was like front left and he was coming out of the rough and he landed it just over the edge of the bunker and it, hopped a few times and rolled up like almost went in like six inches and then max hits a very very close shot to that but it lands like a yard short of it ends up in the rough stays in the rough and i think he ended up chipping by like 15 20 feet and making bogey so there's a two-shot swing like there was a lot of small things that could have gone max's way that didn't um and i just have to talk about it like we've i i was I was the one on Twitter really bitching about it, and I'm still not happy. That fucking bank that John Rom got off the grandstands for him, it that's horseshit. Like, I hate that. He clearly blows it right. And you know what's even worse is he said in the interview afterwards, he said, Well, I knew if I could like keep it in I because he didn't have an angle to go at the flag because there's a tree overhanging. So he was like, There was really no way for me to get at the flag, but I knew if I hit it over in the general direction of the grandstands, I could get a pretty decent drop. Like I get that you're playing it, but I think that's such bullshit that it's giving a PGA tour player. That's already better than everybody that much more help to where they're, they're missing a, a three wood 20 yards, right on a par five. And it somehow banks off the fucking grandstands and goes to five feet and you make Eagle. Like, I just hate that. And the fact that he won by exactly two shots when you almost got to think he's going to make par there. If that doesn't bank off the grandstands, even if he, even if it just stays in the grandstands, he takes a drop. I guarantee he's not making four super short-sighted. The entire greens working away from him. Uh, So I, I, that just doesn't sit well with me. It's kind of like Scotty Scheffler's drop from the grandstands at the waste management. Like that shit's so softer than baby shit to me like i just don't it just doesn't sit well with me at all especially when our guy loses by two shots to that absolute dog shit pga tour grandstands are on mitchell's fucking hot seat yeah they're on my watch list i'm gonna fucking (laughs) i'm gonna go toe to toe with those motherfuckers um the one thing that i did want to say uh you touched on max is kind of emotional um you know, basically just saying I didn't have it, um, which is cool. Like you said, Max is definitely doesn't need to be liked anymore um, than he already is, but somehow he made that happen. Of course, he had a lot of family and friends there. He's a California kid, so he's always going to be um, favored in these tournaments in California, but also he's going to you know have a little more emotion to the, to the wins. But he's got super uh, corn, you know, web.com, getting on to the PGA tour for a few events a year energy. And this guy's like one of the best players in the world right now. You know, it's just kind of funny where I I don't think he's gotten out of the mental state. Now I'm not saying he's not great. He is, but he still acts like he's the guy that's getting like sponsors exemptions into tournaments. And then, you know, 
not winning or not playing well. Like that's, if you didn't know Max Homa and his, his last two years of his career, three years and how Dom, not dominant he is, but how, how high level he's been, yeah. you would have watched that thing and think he thought he just missed the cut to make his tour card for the next year. Right. Yeah, no, he's definitely still got that kind of energy. And I think that's one of the reasons why he's so well liked is because he still, you you can tell he still appreciates every week he has out there. Like he feels really lucky to be in the position he's in when a lot of the guys that he's competing against don't think twice about it. You know what I mean? Um, so yeah, overall, uh, great event, obviously always is at Riviera. One of the few courses I would love to go out and play in California. Well, we, we really haven't even talked about tiger's performance. Um, that was kind of an afterthought, but, Let's let's not dive too deep, but give me give me a few or just give me what you think he's capable of this year after what he showed us this week. I think if he continues to rehab and basically just continues to work on his game, I do think he's capable of. As much as I want to say winning, I'm not going to. I do think he's capable of top tening a major. If he keeps it to a couple tournaments, keeps his body, you know, in in shape, doesn't play a ton of tournaments, which he's already said he's not going to do. I do think like there's a there's a if there's if the course is right and he's having a good week, I do think there's a chance where you're like Tiger Woods is two to three shots off the lead middle of Sunday at a major here in the next one or two years. Yeah, I, I don't disagree, man. And and but that's also the tough thing is like these guys that are playing this well you rarely will ever see a guy that plays in limited events, like a, not a full schedule and plays very well, you know, because these guys get their game so dialed in. It's like to a neck to another extent where they're playing five days out of the week, you know? And if tiger's taken two, three weeks between starts, who really knows how dialed his game is because there was a lot of, a lot of the shots he missed and a lot of the airs he made, you could tell were just rust. Like he actually looked physically fine. His ball speed was up uh, close to 180. Um, so he he was definitely able to move it. There's no physical constraints there. Uh, and I guess he did one other thing that some people didn't like. I don't know if you want to speak on this at all, Spencer. You did tweet about it. Oh, yeah. So um, the one thing he did that I didn't like was bogey three of the last four and make me sweat out his tiger to make the cut bet at plus oh, 200, yeah. right? Is that okay. what you're talking about? Yeah, that was exactly it. We can move on. Um, Real quick. Yeah. He, Tampgate. Tampgate. Uh, this doesn't need to be a thing because it wasn't meant to be public. Yeah. It's it's not a crime or what he did. Okay. Now I'm, I'm making myself sound like a criminal here, which maybe I am. Maybe I'm not. But, you know, you look like he, a fucking criminal with that mullet. Uh, yeah, it is criminally good. Um, but criminally the, fucking ugly. I, I will say, like, when you when I said that he is meant to be in private, like there's a lot of things that are meant to be private that are not great. You know, I'm, I'm not going to go down that road. But I think the, the fact that it was meant to be a a joke and with his friend and it wasn't, you know, so luckily some dude over there with the Kodak 3000 max lens, I thought it was Photoshopped for like two days. I thought and then everybody yeah, I didn't started know it talking about it. Um, phenomenal joke. Absolutely. Just hundred percent. Great joke. If you're offended by that, I'm sorry for you. And that's all that I have to say about it. Great joke. Hilarious. Um, he outdrove Justin. He gave him some shit. Uh, if you are offended by that, then you got a long road of this world coming to you because there's a million a million things a day that I see that would offend somebody more than something as simple as a quick, uh, neat handoff for JT. Oh, for sure. And um, honestly, like if I'm Tiger's publicist, this is great. Like if you would ask Tiger 10 years ago, what like the worst thing that's he's done publicly if you would say he he jokingly handed his playing partner a tampon he would celebrate like that compared to what tiger did 10 years ago that was in the public eye this is like nothing this is like tiddlywinks you know what i mean so it's all relative like we should be happy that that this is news about tiger because 
10, 12, 15 years ago, there's people swinging golf clubs at him. Um, he was having, you know, affairs and this and that. We're not going to get into it, but all I'm saying is, uh, if this is news about Tiger, then this is not news. So I, I thought it was fucking funny. Um, just curious. And even like Paige Spiernik, super fucking smart. Uh, well, that I, she's super something. I don't know if smart's the word. Uh, but she does. If she's good at one thing, it is selling her brand, being a brand, um, having a very huge brand. Uh, two huge brands. Two huge brands. And yeah, but she's very good at marketing those brands. Um, and she knows how to run a brand. So she tweeted out, she was like, why doesn't Tampax take advantage of this and provide um, female products at every single golf course where a lot of times there isn't any, you know, and be a, a partner of the PGA tour and really like hammer on this and take advantage of their time in the spotlight instead of everyone be like, blah, 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 this and that bitching and moaning. Like, Take take advantage of this publicity and do something positive with it instead of everybody just getting sad. Sad. I was going to use another word, but sad's the word I'll use. Um, but sore. So yeah. yeah, a little sore in the rear. Um, so, yeah, it's just there's so many other things to talk about. Let's just I, I just figure we had to touch on it because everybody was talking about it. But it's yeah, uh, I, I think I was so annoyed by it. It almost left my mind, ironically, but. We did, like I spoke to earlier, Tiger Woods made three bogeys in the last four holes on Friday, had to sweat out the cut line. A few guys made bogeys on Saturday morning to win my bet. And we bet, of course, only at the DraftKings Sportsbook. I hit my top 20 pick this week with Will Zalatoris at plus 165. Also hit my Tiger to make the cut bet. And there was at one point where Morikawa was leading and I thought I was going to have the clean sweep uh, on the week, but we're actually going to get into, you know, our picks for the Honda classic later. And we'll discuss how we're going to change our picks a little bit to, um, kind of not dial them in so perfectly, still give you guys some players that we like for each event through the DraftKings Sportsbook. but make sure you're betting on the DraftKings Sportsbook, which is a, an official sports betting partner of the NBA as well. NBA is going to be back from the all-star break, probably by the time you're listening to this and the no sweat, same game parlays you can throw one of those in there. If you lose, all you do is get bon- a bonus bet back. Um, so it's, it's a lot of fun. MLB season's about to start. That's t- that means it's futures season time. You can bet on who's going to win the Cy Young, who's going to hit the most home runs. Um, you can even in season bets on the NHL. I did take Miko Ranton in the other day to lead the NHL and in, in goal scoring. He's about six behind right now, but it was plus 2000. So I got some good value there and you can only do that at the DraftKings Sportsbook. So download the app now. Sign up with the code DNVR and new customers can bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets instantly. Only at the DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA with code DNVR. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions do apply. See our show notes for details. Also, if you guys want to get into any games or shows, uh, the best place to do that is by far Game Time. We use Game Time all the time. We're at almost Every Denver sporting event, especially the big games, when the playoffs roll around, you want to go to a playoff game, you don't have a hookup, you don't have the connect, make sure you head over to the Game Time app and you will absolutely be able to get the best price on a ticket for the playoffs, whether that's here in Denver or whatever city you're listening to this from. And the best part is it's not only games. It's called game time, but it could also be called show time. I'm sure that's probably been taken by someone. It could also be called concert time. There's so many different things to do on that app. And if you kind of wait till the last minute, you know, make sure your friends can go or whoever you're going with, you're able to hop in there on the game time app and get yourself a great ticket and sit in a spot that you maybe weren't allowed to sit in or never got the chance to sit in. <laughs> not, allowed not allowed to, to sit in. To, I'm, I'm actually going, different... uh, I'm going to the, the garden, uh, Mon- or S- Saturday, March 18th to watch the nuggets play the Knicks with game time. So that, that game is going to be epic. That's and... awesome. What did you end up getting tickets for? I know the garden can't be cheap. No. So we actually got tickets $5 above face value which was awesome. Um, we're sitting 10 rows up in one of the corners 
and face value is three twenty a ticket, and we paid three twenty five a ticket. So um, that was a great birthday present from my girlfriend. But yeah, I'm so stoked to see the watch, watch the the Nuggets absolutely beat down the Knicks in the Garden. Ooh, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a hell of a game. So shout out Game Time for the great tickets. Yeah, and, if you uh, if you love BDE, you'll love Game Time. Best way to support us is by buying tickets through our link in the description. So whatever app you're listening to this podcast on, go down to the description. You get your the description of 15% off pins and aces. You got some DraftKings descriptions and you'll find the game time link in there. Join over 15 million people who have downloaded the game time app and score the best seats to all your favorite events. All right. We've got a recent winner on the DP world tour, formerly the European tour. I got a little confused on which was which here a minute ago um, before recording started though. I like to They're sound both smart. The, they're the exact same thing. I like to sound smart on as smart as I can on these podcasts. You know, if you've listened to enough of these, you know, that's not the case, but uh, Thorbjorn, Torbjorn Olsen. Torbjorn. Yeah. Olsen. And uh, you want to tell us a little bit about this uh, Mr. Olsen here, Mr. Olsen character. Yeah. Um, so a few reasons why I like this dude. So he uh, he's won. I think this was his sixth win on the DP world tour, maybe his fifth. He actually was a pretty big deal when I was growing up. He was one of the big, Nike athletes um, that was real, real big on the, the Europe, then European tour about 10 years ago. Uh, so he won for the fifth or sixth time, not quite positive, but it reminded me of a story that I just absolutely have to tell. Um, and if, if you've just started to get into golf, you've probably never heard this dude's name. Um, but in 2019, he uh he had a little plane blunder. Do you remember hearing about this, Spencer? I don't know if I do. Okay, so he uh he was leaving Nashville going to Heathrow in London, and he was sitting first class, and he apparently had uh quite a bit to drink and took some sleeping pills, and uh he ended up pissing in his seat like t- standing up and peeing in his first class seat and then also grabbing an errant tit. He ended up grabbing some lady's boob in first class, which is not, we don't condone it. It's not okay. But this is literally, I remember I looked up the lawsuit this morning cause he was just now like, I think he was pleading innocence, obviously under the, uh, under the idea that he was blacked out. Like he's Ambien, like what, what do you call that? Like sleepwalking on Ambien or having some sort of trip. Um, but I just thought that is, isn't that like one of the best stories you've ever heard uh, outside of obviously the, the lawsuits and everything. Like, I, I don't think piss drunk can ever, if you don't actually piss in your plane seat, like you've seen me drunk on quite a few flights, but I've never been pissed drunk. Yeah, well, I would actually, with how many times you get up during a plane flight, I'd rather you piss your seat. Fuck off. You just called it a plane flight, by the way. Did I call it that? A uh, flight, maybe? Both just, both just a couple of fucking nerds. Just but yeah, when I, when I drink, dude, at altitude, that that hits your bladder different. Um, and uh, yeah, so I get, I would much rather not pee in my seat. So thank you for that. Uh, actually one time at the San Francisco airport, I forgot my bag on the plane. So I was so drunk. So that was pretty funny. Uh, Spencer was, well, aren't you like, not, aren't you like not allowed back on the plane? Like, isn't there some kind of rule where you're not allowed to get back on? Yeah, no, they, they wouldn't allow me back on, but I, I grabbed one of the, st- I was trying to get back on and they're like stopping me. And I was like, my bag's like right up there. And so the lady ended up going and grabbing it for me. But yeah, I, I was not allowed back on to grab my bags. So a uh, tough scene for me, but if you ever have a rough experience on a flight, just remember it could be worse. Uh, you could have pissed in your seat, taking a sleeping pill and have an assault charge when you wake up out of your fucking brownout. That's yeah. That's about as bad as it gets, especially being somebody that, you know, this that's probably happened multiple times to your average Joe, but when you're a professional golfer and like your name's out there and people know who you are you're you you're think not that's happened multiple that. times like somebody just whips out their 
the whole like, the, piss in the, the whole plane. sexual assault part probably not but yes the 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 part about somebody getting so drunk because dude I, I mean, we've had the luck, uh, you know, the lucky lives of like flying a ton since we were little and like been used to it, but people are, and I'm almost still afraid of it more afraid than I should be for how many times I've flown, but people are definitely afraid of flying. So I wouldn't doubt that people get extremely drunk or extremely drugged up on the plane and then decide to, you know, just let their faculties go when they, when they get up to 50, you know, 20,000 feet. Yeah, that that's you're not wrong about that. Um, I'm actually so I'm flying tomorrow. I got upgraded to first class. Not a big deal. Pretty lucky. But I'm actually kind of nervous to fly first class because I feel like a peasant amongst and I'm sure every like half the other people in first class probably are like free upgrades. So they probably feel the same way, like imposter syndrome. But this little like sniffles I have is really nerving me out because some rich asshole is going to look at me like I'm trying to single-handedly kill them with my my stuff nose so of all the times i get lucky enough to get upgraded i, I don't feel like i'm going to be able to take full advantage um but i might just get shit-faced who knows i i might just be a complete wreck uh cause a scene and i'll try not to piss in my seat i'll, I'll do my best but no promises are you going to wear something nicer than your gray sweats and and hoodie on the first class flight? First class flight. First class flight. Um, should I? Like, I don't know. You just said you're a peasant. Like, that's. Just, I think I'm. I think I'm gonna wear loser jeans. talk. I th- okay. I think I'm gonna wear jeans, and uh, I've got my LL Bean like uh, denim jacket, and I think I'm gonna wear this hoodie and the LL Bean denim jacket over it. It's like, okay. So class up the place a little bit. Yeah. Class, class up the joint a hair. Um, but honestly, like, I hate to say it, but if there's any time I was just back in economy, like a nobody, it would have been tomorrow. So I could just cough and sneeze all over everyone. Nobody gives a fuck. Cause we're all, it's, it's just a COVID hotbed back there. Hotbed. Um, but yeah, tomorrow and I'm literally first row on the aisle. So I'm going to be staring the flight attendant right in the face as I'm, I'm trying not to cough. I've been hammering Dayquil and I really don't think I'm necessarily contagious. It's just like a sinus thing. Um, but you know how freaked out everybody gets about a little cold anymore. So I feel fine. I'm going to be fine. Nothing. Maybe a little vodka won't fix at some point, but, uh, yeah, it's just, just a rough scene, you know? Yeah, uh, sitting first class. We haven't done that for a while. I think the last time we sat first class, I think didn't one of us puke or I puked for sure. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Probably. Um, quick story time. Spencer used to throw up on almost every flight, especially when we were descending. As we were coming down to land, Spencer would throw up. And then the fucked up part was him and I were always sitting together. So I'd watch him throw up and then I would throw up. So both of us just yak in every single flight. Um, but you also got car sick as a kid too, or was that just your fucking excuse to sit in the front seat? No, my, one of my reasons for getting car sick was I would watch the um, telephone wires go up and down as we drove through the car. So that was one of the reasons, but I still am a fairly car sick motion sickness human being, unless I'm in the driver's seat. That's fair. I, yeah, I mean, one time, do you remember the time we were driving up to Salida and you just threw up out the back when you ate like a full bag of Twizzlers and just fucking puked all over mom's car? It was a nightmare. Um, but that's just the life of Spencer. One time I saw him step in dog shit and immediately turn and throw up. So he's got what we like to call a sensitive, sensitive tummy. I, my, my tummy is very sensitive. I I'm a quick puker. That's you were you were for destined sure. for a dairy intolerance way before your time. Oh, absolutely, one hundred percent. Sensitive tummy gang. That would be kind of a funny shirt. Um, <laughs> Let's get on that. The sensitive tummy gang. That's pretty fucking good. Uh, but what, there's one other thing we're going to talk about: the Grant Thornton Invitational. Um, did we we? Didn't talk about that yet, do we? No, we have not. Okay. So formerly the shark shootout, we've talked about this previously. It's like first week of December. Obviously, they're trying to completely phase out Greg, anything Greg Norman. 
from the PGA Tour. So what used to be the Shark Shootout is now going to be the Grant Thornton Invitational. And it is actually the first LPGA and PGA co-sanctioned event. Um, It's going to be a field of 32 golfers, 16 PGA Tour players, and 16 LPGA Tour players. Uh, Two-person teams, three-day event. Excuse me. Um, And it is kind of a step in the right direction. But the only funny thing is the first comment is like, oh, what a novel idea, a team concept on the PGA Tour, almost like another tour just did this. And while I don't agree, because like the PGA Tour has technically been having the shark shootout for forever, and that's been team events uh, for anybody that's fucking new here, new to the golf game. Um, That's been going on for the last two decades. But to anyone that's new here, welcome. Welcome to the show. Welcome, well, to, the fucking welcome show. to the welcome to the fucking show. Um, in the words of Will Ferrell. But it, it is just kind of tough for them to like really come out and push this team event after Liv obviously came out and is pushing team uh, team style events and shit like that. So that is my only gripe is like you got to be ahead of it because now. No matter what you do, everyone's going to be like, oh, well, you're just copying live, you know? So uh, the PG Tours just stays behind the game, stays behind uh, the cutting edge and just rides everybody else's ideas and is still somehow the biggest tour on the planet because they have the second most money of any financial backing in the world on tours, in tours. So, uh, but yeah, I, I definitely think that an LPGA, PGA Tour, tour event will be very cool. And uh, I wonder, there was a few couples back in the day. Like, do you remember Martin Pillar and Jarena Pillar? Yeah, we got to watch Jarena Pillar. Uh, At the Solheim Cup back in, yeah. what was that, 2012, 20, yeah, 2013? Yeah, a long time ago, 2013, I think. Yeah, holy shit, that was 10 years ago. Um, I still had that picture with Lexi Thompson where I just looked like a total fuckboy in my pink polo shirt and my white Oakley sunglasses. I actually looked like kind of a, a fucking sex icon, like compared to what I look like now, <laughs> they should do like a time-lapse. They, they did one of Burt Kreischer, that comedian and it showed him when he was like in his early twenties. And they're like, this is what 60,000 Tito's and sodas will do to you. And then it, it just has a picture of him afterwards. That's basically the same thing with me. Um, you could do that 10 year time lapse of my physical appearance. Uh, but yeah, that coming coming full circle here. Uh, Martin and Jarena Pillar are one of the couples she played on the LPGA tour. I think she still does. And Martin Pillar, I'm not sure exactly if he's uh, still has tour status. He was on the Corn Ferry. I don't know if he ever got PGA tour status, but that would be kind of cool to see a couple. Um, compete in that event, especially because they'd probably argue at some point. And I feel like that's just very fitting for couples playing golf. Like, don't tell me what club to hit. Fuck it. You know, Martin's like, and the, the ironic part is, is like Jarena has gotten more tour status. So she would be the one like telling him what to do. And he'd be like, stop, like, let me play my game. So I think that'd be some funny shit. Yeah, well, that's kind of a segue um, a little bit in relating to g- talking about the Honda Classic coming up this weekend. And what, the what's two, the segue? We're just talking about golf. No, the two brothers, the Cootie brothers, that are going to be both playing in the PGA Tour event this weekend at the Honda Classic. Oh, so it's not the it's not a Cootie, it's the Cooties. Yeah, we've got full Cooties coming. The out. Honda Classic has Cooties. Yes, yeah, so that's got to be a line in the in the fucking the podcast headline. Yeah, the Honda the, Classic has cooties. The cootie, yeah, exactly. The cootie filled Honda Classic. So yeah, um, that sounded and, fucked up. And they're twins. So Parker and Pearson Cootie will be per, uh, will be competing against each other this week. Um, they one of them, I think. Let's see. Parker qualified Monday. Cued it. And Pearson's kind of been in, like, he's kind of got some tour status. So that's kind of cool. I mean, you know, the Cootie brothers, us, the Smith brothers, like pretty, pretty comparable golf career wise. I would, I have to say. Yeah. Just like handshake Cooties and Smith's golf careers. 
That could mean two things. That means two things. I I don't have the cooties. Um, I might have the suds, but not the cooties. Not the cooties. Um, so let's give our picks for this weekend at the Honda Classic. Super underwhelming field as it's the first week on the East Coast in Florida. Uh, not a lot of guys making the trip. It's kind of highlighted by guys like Shane Lowry, Billy Horschel. Um, but like I like I announced earlier, um, of course, you're going to get these picks and these odds from the DraftKings Sportsbook. But we're going to start just giving out three players like we always do. But, you know, we've had multiple top 20 guys that we've picked win tournaments this year. You treat your units how you want. Uh, we're not going to unit shame. We're not going to unit treat or tell you what to do. But we're going to give you three players that we like each week. And if they win, we're going to take all the credit for the units that they won. Um, and if they lose, we're just going to say, hey, we they didn't win. Sorry. So I'm going to give you guys my three players this week. A uh, guy that always plays good in Florida. He's a Florida boy. I pick him almost every tournament in some capacity when he plays in Florida. Playing some fairly good golf overall right now, and that's Billy Horschel. He is plus 2,500 to win the event. Uh, Chomp Gators. Chomp Gators. Uh, another guy that I like this week is Chris Kirk. I believe he's won this or gotten second in this in the last couple of years. It's kind of crazy, the course history at, at PGA National. Uh, a player that has every single champion going back to 2010 has missed a cut here within three years of winning it. So horse for a course doesn't necessarily apply a ton this week. And it's definitely going to be a much different week as far as under par goes. Uh, the last three winners were 12, 10 and 10 under. So definitely a tougher course. Isn't this the, the last three holes are the, the snake pit or something like that? Or am I fucking this up completely? That's the, is that the Valspar? That's the Valspar. Yeah. Okay, this is the bear trap. Ahead. Bear trap. See, it was something. I knew it was something. So they got the bear trap to deal with. The last couple holes are insane. Um, so I've got Chris Kirk plus 3,500 to win it. I've got Billy Horschel. My third pick, guy that's just been hot this year, um, ha had a budding career at the beginning, kind of fell off. We saw him actually hit up quite a few range balls over at the waste management. He missed the cut, um, but then had a storming great weekend this past weekend, and that's Jonathan Vegas. He is plus 3,500 as well to win the Honda Classic. So those are my three guys. We got Jonathan Vegas, got Chris Kirk, and we got Billy Horschel. Okay, I like that. Um, so I'm going to roll with the big Irishman again because he can't keep doing me like this whenever I, uh, did you know I was going to pick him Spencer? Yep. That's actually, he was one of my, he was in my cutting room floor. And then I was like, I know Mitch is going to pick him. So we'll yeah, just let he's, him have he's that. my boy. Um, he's probably one of my favorite guys on tour, Shane Lowry. I always just got to root for him because he's so much fun to watch. Uh, plus 1600 to win plus 360 to top 10 plus 200 to, or 360 to top five, 200 to top 10. God, those odds just suck. And, it, well, and you can boost. Um, so if you log into the DraftKings Sportsbook, go to the Honda Classic. Since he has probably the lowest odds of anybody that we're going to pick, uh, unless you're taking Sunjay M, who's one here. Great player. I love me some Sunjay. Probably should pick him this week, but not going to. Uh, you can add plus 300 on any golfer to win the Honda Classic. So let's boost that Shane Lowry up to 1,900. Let's get boosties. I like it. Um, okay. So I got Lowry, another guy that actually played pretty well last week. Uh, I don't like the guy, but I'm going to, I'm going to pick him as Matt Kuchar, uh, plus 2,800 to win plus 600 to top five plus 300 to top 10 real quick off uh sidebar. Pretty cool story. His 15 year old son played in the pre-qualifier pre-Monday qualifier for this event and shot 75. So a 15-year-old to go out at a, uh, you know, pre-qualifier for a PGA Tour event and shoot a 75, pretty damn good. I yeah, he's coming. He yeah. Coming. Yeah, he's, Sanders. He's going for that Georgia Tech scholarship. Um, I'm sure he'll end up going to Georgia Tech because that's where Matt went, but – he didn't blow anyone out of the water by any means. He didn't fire 65, but 75 is still very respectable. Um, for a, for a kid that couldn't could that couldn't even drive himself to the qualifier. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like I think he's doing pretty well. Um, and then my last pick, a little bit bigger odds, and this guy is just such a hit or miss. But if I recall, didn't he win? Did Sepp Straka win this tournament last year? He did. Yep. Yeah. 
He's plus five defending champ. Yeah, Sepp Straka, defending champ. Um, big fuck off Dutchman, or I think he looks like a big fuck off Dutchman. I think he's Swedish, or I think he might be from Belgium or somewhere around there, but he's pretty close. Um, but he's plus five thousand. Like fuck it, you know, horse for course, you win here. Uh, he might win again. So plus five thousand to win. Yeah, he probably will miss the cut. So uh, plus eleven hundred to top five. He's Austrian for the record. Okay, but. Swedish, Belgian, Dutchman, fucking the Flying Dutchman, uh, and Georgia Bulldog, also. Oh, okay, cool. Don't care. Uh, plus five hundred, top ten. Yahoo. Let's Yahoo. Get Let's get it fucking rolling, and Love just watch it. the week we start or quit counting units is the week we'll get all these units back. I I keep like trying to speak it into existence, just to not happening, like. There's only only so much will we can have to like will to a victory without just like being bad at picking guys to win tournaments. So yeah, it's we we've we've got to break through at some point. We're in the fucking basement. Like we're we've dug ourselves a hole. Now we're we're inching our way out. Um with the tiger made cut last week. Just and Will Zalator's top twenty. I hit that as well. Yeah, and he top five. So congrats. Yeah. I, I texted you and you were all hammered at the house game. You're like, yeah, too bad. I'm top 20. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> you dumb yeah. fuck. But that's uh, yeah, that's all right. Well, hopefully well, make we get sure some you're, units back. Make sure you're tuning in uh, on Thursday. Today is Tuesday. Well, today's Wednesday. Tomorrow, uh, we'll have another episode out for you as well, uh, reviewing the second episode of Full Swing, the Netflix documentary. Of course, if you haven't listened to one of those, just a real short recap, kind of our thoughts on what we see. I believe this is the Brooks Kepka episode number two. So we're going to watch that. We'll give you guys a little review on that. And we will be back next week. I think I was just speaking with a former friend of the show. Uh, and if not former current friend of the program, but, uh, recurring guest, if you will, um, trying to have him on some point next week to talk a little bit about the golf swing and kind of get a little technical, maybe have a little technical episode. So, uh, be looking out for that next week. Enjoy the Honda classic, kind of an off week on the PGA tour, a little smaller event, but gets some of these guys names out there and a chance for, uh, maybe somebody to change their career and win a tournament with that. We'll talk to you guys about full swing tomorrow. We're out. Peace. Peace.